0: Welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Sweet Smell of Success.
1: Oh Sydney, I just want somebody to say they're happy about Dallas and me. Please.
0: The how are we doing? I, oh, 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 as always, hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. Oh, oh, I am so happy to report that I have just gotten back to Minneapolis. Oh, I was visiting Chicago for the purposes of celebrating the birthday of Patty's child. It was a wonderful experience. I have known this kid. This kid, who has officially, we have decided, graduated from baby status to kid status. That was was my question. Should we even refer to this child as a baby anymore? And we decided no. The As sad as it is, we, we must put the baby chapter to rest. It is now kid time. Kid time is officially upon us, and I had a wonderful experience. I have known this kid ever since they were born. I held them. <laughs> I held them when they were a teeny tiny peanut. They made, oh, the most disgusting smells and sounds. Like a witch brewing a bubbly cauldron of chili. Those were the sounds the baby made. But the kid, the kid is running around talking. I can't wait to watch this kid grow up even more. And of course, Benny was there as well. It was a full-on, oh, it was a full-on top-to-bottom reunion for the Musical Man crew. And I I just, any opportunity to see Patty and Benny face-to-face, I put my nose, the tip of my nose, against the tips of their noses, and I say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> they think it's strange. They're, of course, they are in the Stage Left studio right now helping me record this episode. They know how strange it is when I do my little nose game. I don't really do that, do I? Does he? <laughs> Who knows what the truth is in regards to the nose game? But that's all I have to say in this opening segment. I want to get into the show facts for this week's subject, Sweet Smell of Success. Ah, uh, show me the show facts. Ah, uh, okay, let's do it. Sweet smell of success was a 2002 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on Broadway on March 14th, 2002, at the Martin Beck Theater and ran for 109 performances. The book is written by John Guar. The music by Marvin Hamlish of a chorus line, the Goodbye Girl, and the Nutty Professor fame. The Nutty Professor that was his last musical. Did you know that? Have we talked about that? I don't know. The lyrics for this show were written by Craig Carmelia who also contributed to Working and wrote the show Is There Life After High School? The show is based on Sweet Smell of Success, the 1957 Alexander McKendrick film which stars Burt Lancaster and Tony Curtis. The film, which was written by McKendrick, Clifford Odets, and Ernest Lehman is itself based on Tell Me About It Tomorrow, a piece Lehman first wrote for Cosmopolitan in 1950. The director of the original Broadway production of Sweet Smell of Success, oh, that would be Nicholas Hittner. The musical director, Jeffrey Huard. Orchestrations, William David Braun. Choreographer, Christopher Wheeldon. Scenic design, Bob Crowley. Lighting design, Natasha Katz. Sound design, Tony Miola. And costume design, Bob Crowley. The original Broadway cast was as follows We have John Lithgow, Brian Darcy James, Stacey Logan, Jack Noseworthy, Kelly. Eli O'Hara, my God, a stacked cast! Timothy J. Alex, David Brummel, Jamie Chandler-Toms, Kate Kaufman-Lloyd, Bernard Dotson, Alan Fitzpatrick, Jenny Ford, Eric Michael Gillette, Joanna Glushak, Michelle Kitrell, Jill Niklaus, Stephen Ochoa, Michael Paternostro, Eric Scioto, Elena L. Shadow, and Frank Vlastnik. As always, I do try to pronounce these first and last names to the best of my ability as accurately as possible, but mistakes are in inevitably made, and I do apologize for any mistakes. We don't have any Broadway debuts in this fairly large cast. I double-checked. So all of these people are seasoned veterans. Oh, thank you. Everybody is serving seasoned. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm laughing at a joke that doesn't even really exist. Let's move on. Tony nods. Okay, so Sweet Smell of Success won the Best Actor in a Musical Tony Award, which went to John Lithgow. Additional nominations. Okay, Best Musical, of course, but also Best Book of a Musical, John Guar. Best Original Score, Marvin Hamlisch and Craig Carnelia. Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Brian Darcy James, Best Lighting Design, Natasha Katz, and Best Orchestrations, William David Braun. Seven nominations in total, one award when all was said and done. Let's talk about the plot of Sweet Smell of Success. Do you mind? Let's do that. All right. Act One. The year is 1952. The place, New York City. A lot of people come here with a dream in their pocket, but only one man can make that dream come true. That would be J.J. Hunsecker, gossip columnist for the New York Globe. JJ's column is read by over 60 million people. It contains juicy items on anyone and everyone, from fat cat politicians to up-and-coming celebs. Appearing in the column can make or break you in this town, and that's why everyone wants a piece of old JJ. Sydney Falcone desperately wants a piece of old JJ. Sydney is a long suffering press agent with one client, a fellow by the name of Tony, who runs Club Voodoo. Tony is sick of paying Sydney for mediocre results. He says, "Listen, Sydney. Either get voodoo in J.J.'s column, or get out of my toupee. Capiche?" What is Sydney to do? The only entertainment at Club Voodoo is a measly jazz pianist named Dallas Cochran. The only customer is a wannabe actress named Susan. This place is a black hole. Of course, beggars can't be choosers. Sydney offers his services to both Dallas and Susan. Ha <laughs> I can help you make it big. <laughs> (laughs) I can get you in the column, no problem. All I need is a measly 50 bucks. Dallas and Susan laugh in Sydney's face. Ha! They're too busy making eyes at each other to care about some two-bit limp dick press agent. Besides, Dallas doesn't want any favors. He's gonna make it on his own, see? Then, like a giant stepping over the horizon, JJ himself walks into Club Voodoo. It turns out Susan is JJ's sister, and she walked out on him to watch Dallas play. JJ has no idea Susan and Dallas are an item. If he did, there'd be hell to pay, and Susan is well aware of this, so she employs Sidney as a distraction. Ah, JJ, meet Sidney. He's my partner in acting class. Yeah, that's the ticket. JJ likes the cut of Sidney's jib. He takes Sidney and Susan out for a night on the town. One night begets many more. JJ buys Sydney an expensive suit. JJ helps Sydney's girlfriend, Rita, land a job at the Cafe Elysian. JJ introduces Sydney to flashy new clients and big time players like Kello, the horribly corrupt New York police detective. Sydney can't believe his good fortune. Happy days are here again. That's when JJ grabs Sydney by the nape of the neck. Oh, so you like this new life of yours, Sydney. I bet you do. Now you're going to do a favor for me. I want you to follow my sister and tell me everything about her. I want to know where she goes, who she sees, and when she takes a dump. You got that, Sydney? Sydney, squirming like the earthworm that he is, submits to these terms without hesitation. Smash cut. Penn Station. Dallas is on his way to Philadelphia for a gig. He gives Susan an ultimatum. If she hasn't told JJ about their relationship, by the time he gets back, he'll be forced to call it quits. Susan promises to work up some much-needed courage. They kiss and part ways. Sidney slinks out of the shadows. He informs Susan of JJ's surveillance plot and advises her to drop Dallas like a bad stock. Dallas is, after all, a nobody. Susan reminds Sidney that he used to be a nobody before she stepped in. Susan asks Sidney to help Dallas by putting in a good word with JJ. But listen, Sidney, Dallas can never know. His pride is too big. Sidney, writhing like the louse that he is agrees to do what he can. Susan and Sydney make a pit stop at J.J.'s penthouse. He regales them with bizarrely sentimental stories about his sister's childhood. Oh, everyone loved Susie when we were kids. She was the apple of our collective eyes, Susie, Susie, Susie. Sydney interrupts. Say, uh, J.J., you ever heard of this Dallas Cochran? I hear he's got the stuff. Kid just needs a break. J.J. vows to feature Dallas in his next column. Sydney makes a clean exit. Left alone with her brother, Susan is mortified when he pressures her for a dance. Come on, Susie. Just like when we were kids. Susan bolts. J.J. simmers. He knows Susan is seeing someone. He's determined to find out who that someone is. No one is good enough for J.J.'s baby sister. No one. Smash cut. The Cafe Elysian. As a result of appearing in J.J.'s column, Dallas is now a star performer. He's the headliner of somebody. But when J.J. introduces Dallas to Susan, their love for each other is all too evident. J.J. can smell it. Taste it! Everything goes to hell when Tony walks into the Elysian. Remember Tony, the owner of the voodoo club? Tony spills each and every one of the beans. Say, if it ain't Susan and Dallas, my two favorite loveboys, ain't no better couple in all of New York City. A crucial wire snaps within J.J.'s brain winter is coming act two jj sinks his claws into sydney he says i want you to rip my sister away from dallas by any means necessary but she can never know sydney ah she can never know i'm the one pulling the strings got that for all susan knows i'm happy for her for all she knows i'm the best big brother in the whole goddamn world now get out there and break some hearts. Sidney, sweating like the stuck pig that he is, accepts the mission without protest. When his efforts fail, J.J. systematically breaks his life apart, piece by piece. All of those clients, gone. Exclusive access to the column, revoked. Time is running out. And then an idea strikes Sydney like a poison-tipped lightning bolt. Hodas Ilwell. Like JJ, Otis has a gossip column that could be used to smear Dallas, but Otis only accepts payment in the form of women. Sidney takes Otis home. He introduces Otis to Rita. Remember Rita, Sidney's girlfriend? Sidney wants her to sleep with Otis. She refuses. Sidney bullies Rita into submission. Otis picks up the phone, calls in the tip about Dallas, and proceeds to advance on Rita. Sydney slips out and into the night. A ripple flows through the city. Dallas, now ruined by Otis's column, loses his job at the Elysian. Susan approaches J.J. and begs for his help. J.J. is, after all, the only one who can salvage Dallas's reputation. Sydney assures Susan that J.J. will make things right. J.J. goes berserk. What the hell are you talking about? Why would I help Dallas? Sydney explains, listen, J.J., you do your thing and I'll do mine. Get the kid his job back, be Susan's hero, and I'll make sure he breaks it off with her. I've got a plan. J.J. relents, if only so he can focus on hosting one of his world-famous telethons. Hashtag telethon. Sidney pulls Dallas and Susan aside so he can lay his cards on the table. You want to know how you got that gig at the Elysian, Dallas? It ain't because you're talented, and it ain't because you were discovered. Susan told me to help you, and I got you in good with J.J. If it weren't for us, you'd still be a bum. Dallas can't believe what he's hearing. He rejects Susan, denounces J.J., condemns the column, and storms out. J.J. comforts Susan. There, there, don't fret. I have a boat waiting for us. We'll sail away together to England and attend the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. Ah, that'll be fun, right? Susan is like, yeah. Totally. But she races after Dallas and tells him to keep moving. My brother's insane. You're not safe in the city. Get out. JJ gives Sidney a new assignment. Find Dallas and rip him to pieces. Literally. Physically. Sidney doesn't want to do this. He may be a piece of shit, but he's not a monster right? JJ sweetens the deal. You can write my column while I'm in England, Sidney. It'll be easy if you work with Detective Kello. Do it! I'm the devil! Do my bidding, Sidney. Do it! And Sidney, whimpering like the underfed baby that he is, does indeed do it. He plants drugs on Dallas and looks the other way as Kello and his goons beat the shit out of the kid. JJ announces Sydney's new position during the telethon. Hashtag telethon. Smash cut. The docks. JJ and Sydney impatiently wait for Susan to arrive, you know, so they can get on the boat and go to England and say hello to the queen. Tick tock, Susie. Queen Elizabeth waits for no man. Susan eventually shows up with Rita by her side. (laughs) Ha ha. Rita is a witness. She saw Sydney plant those wicked drugs on Dallas. J.J. feigns an air of surprise. My God, Sidney, how could you do such a horrible thing? But wait, who's that? Why, it's Otis Eelwell. Susan invited him to the docks with the promise of a big story. Here it is. She and Dallas are getting married and leaving New York. Otis is like, uh-huh, Dallas, a wedding, leaving. Got it. Exit Otis. Susan rails into JJ, If I ever see you again, I will tell everyone, everyone what really happened here. You got that big bro. Exit Susan. JJ turns to Sydney. Sydney, murder Rita. She knows too much. Do it, Sydney. Do it. And the column is yours. Murder Rita. Kill her. I'm the devil. Sydney panics. He runs for his life, but it's no use. Kello and the goon squad are too fast for him. Ha, ah, help. Uh, J.J. sits down to write his latest column. The lead headline? Local press agent Sidney Falcone has been killed in a tragic robbery. Sayonara, Sidney. And sayonara, Rita? I have to assume? Probably. And for the purposes of this week's episode, I began by sitting down with the 1957 motion picture Sweet Smell of Success. This was technically a rewatch for me, I believe if my records are correct, I do keep a record of all of the movies I watch in a given year. I think I last watched this, first watched this film in April of 2017. I believe that is right at least. And this film is fantastic. It really is great. If you have not, you're, if you have not, sat down with it yourself you absolutely should. If I may spoil my favorite pieces of dialogue from the script. Uh, let's begin b- <laughs> let's begin with this moment in which Sydney screams at one of his clients. Sydney says, "If you're funny, Walter, I'm a pretzel. Drop dead. If you're funny, Walter, I'm a pretzel. Drop dead." The line's so nice, I had to say it twice. And then later on in the film, a married couple, Loretta and Leo, Leo is a gossip columnist, he is not, he should not be confused for Otis, Otis is a standalone character, it's not like they combined two people for the sake of a musical, so I'm sorry, Leo is a gossip columnist, his wife is Loretta, they're at a restaurant and Sydney is bugging the shit out of Leo, so uh, this leads to a squabble between Loretta and Leo. Loretta says, Leo, he wants to give you an item. Don't be sullen. And Leo says in response, would you mind your own business? And Loretta's reply is, Hitler. I got to say it twice. Leo, he wants to give you an item. Don't be sullen. Would you mind your own business, Hitler? And then the last piece of dialogue I want to I want to feature here is uh, Sydney attacking JJ after refusing to rub out Dallas. Sydney says to JJ, "You're blind Mr. Magoo." I won't say that twice. You get it. I, I very funny stuff. Very queeny, very silly, very over over dramatic, melodramatic. It's a great movie. The enormous framed photo of Susan. Okay, so uh, The movie is a little bit more subtle in terms of the psychosexual politics between J.J. and his sister Susan, but the chilling, oh, the most chilling detail they ever could have added, this is genius, is the fact that J.J. has an enormous framed photo of Susan that sits on his desk so that he can look at her all day? What a goddamn... Creep. What a fucking freak. With respect to John Lithgow, no one beats Burt Lancaster in the villainy department. Oh, oh, oh my God. Burt's vision of JJ would feed me steak knives for dinner. Slide him right down my throat is what he would do. Lithgow, I love, I love Lithgow. He's the man you hire to yell at Santa Claus. He's a dirty, rotten scoundrel, not an all-out fiend. At least that's what I wrote initially. Update, I was wrong. So just ignore what I said. Update, I was wrong. I have no idea how anyone watched this fantastic cyanide pill of a picture and thought it could benefit from the addition of song and dance numbers Of course, on the other hand, so-called downbeat stories have inspired any number of beloved and or just plain successful musicals. Cabaret, Sweeney Todd, Passion, Sunset Boulevard, Titanic. You never know when the public might feel like biting into a sour apple. Newsflash, update, I felt like biting into this sour apple of a musical. If anything, the stage musical is lighter in tone than the movie, which pushes Susan to the brink of suicide. Today's subject went through a a lot, a flock of changes on the road to Broadway in an attempt to strike the right tone. And I can see why they would have discarded this particular beat. Susan goes through enough. We don't need her dangling off a terrace to drive that home, to make some sort of point. We get it. I also, I listened, of course, to the 2002 original Broadway cast album of Sweet Smell of Success, and I watched the 2002 Tony Awards performance of Dirt, which is really, now that I think about it, it's a weird combination. It's a mashup of the numbers Dirt and the column. We're sort of playing fast and loose in terms of the material. The choreography becomes a little sharper, and more dynamic as time goes on during this presentation. But the number only succeeds, really, in pointing people toward the Chicago revival, which would have been playing at the Schubert in 2002. Uh, Why watch an imitation of Fosse's akimbo steps when you can pay for the real thing elsewhere, down the street? And why on earth did we select a song in which Lithgow never sings a note? Let the man sing. He's up for a Tony. I don't even think Brian Darcy James appears on stage. That's wild, weird, weird, wild stuff. Let's talk about the score for Sweet Smell of Success. We begin with
2: the column. Kate Thompson and the Williams brothers, packing them in at the Persian room. Got it. Advice to a certain polo-playing playboy after the brawl at PJ Clark's last night. Learn the difference between men and pigs. Pigs don't turn into men when they drink. I know who that is. Question in Washington, will Truman resign before he's impeached? Treason is not a pretty picture. Ava Gardner is finding out that when hubby Frank Sinatra sends her flowers for no reason, there's a reason. Sinatra? Write it down. Write it down. Gotta get in the column If you burn for success in the car
3: over Times Square. Let's say it all. JJ! Flashing his eyes and this way, that way, this way, that way. He runs his like a road show gangster. But it's the column, it's the column you need. Because it happens, he's a roadshow gangster. 60 million people read. But what 60 million people don't know is how the whole system works. A press agent works for a client. Yeah. A press agent likes to eat. You bet. The client says, get me in, JJ. JJ. The press agent feels the heat. Ouch. JJ says, what'll you give me? Here's where you crawl like a bug. Just give him dirt. Make it hurt. He gives a client a plug. column needs a finish.
2: Sign off with the pearl of wisdom from my favorite source, Anonymous. No hatchet ever got buried deep enough. And the presses are rolling.
3: Breath till the time ticks by. Pinching a prayer to the skyline sky, waiting to see if I live or die. I didn't
1: mean, say no. I don't mean, no. try. I didn't say I do I need I didn't say I didn't. Mean. I mean. I mean.
3: Damn. By getting on no column. If you're bent for success. Even
0: As I said, I'll say it again, (laughs) we begin with the column, which explores all too familiar territory for composer Marvin Hamlish. You know, we're walking the dirty streets of the Big Apple. It's tough here. It's tough here where everyone is looking for validation, a way to break through the chance to be the sort of person who doesn't skip Lunch. God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. How many items does he need? How many items does he need? But so far as the actual material is concerned, this is hardly a retread of a chorus line. We're hearkening back to yesteryear while sounding fresh as a daisy. And once Brian Darcy James arrives, the style and energy of the number shoots sky high. Shoot sky high. Grammar the music becomes more complex and interesting, and the lyrics a bit more insightful. Every element of the score is rising to match Brian's talents. I tell you what, when I sat down with this recording, that man's voice grabbed me by the ever-loving throat. In a non-sexual way, I should say. I am not attracted to Brian Darcy James personally. He's not a member of the Cream Pie Cutie Club. But, god damn, do I ever admire him.
3: Just look at that lucky guy sitting there being hip making music to make you die. Next life, Sydney, piano lessons. This life, you got what you got. What you got is a pip. You're a chicken in a chicken pot. So do your dance, shake your tail. Sell your wares, make a sale. Get a client, any client, maybe Mr. Music. Why not? Man, you're good, you're good enough to make it. I could help you take it up a tone. You need a way to get your name out to make it known. I could get behind you like a bass trombone. I could get you in, JJ. I could start you off big. And we'd only be putting out copy that you dig. Give me 50 bucks, I will start you up. I don't want any part of JJ. I'm doing it on my own. Hey. You want to be playing no-name dives the rest of your life? Okay? Enjoy yourself. Approach the starlet. Pardon my French, but honey, you're a killer. Read Arthur Miller at the bar. I bet you're crazy about the method, the type you are. Beat, I got a method that could take you far. I could get you in, J.J. I could take you so fast. That ain't got... Hollywood, you're the girl to cast. I don't want my name in a column. I'm trying to help a new face. Smile. And that dress, more low cut. Remember Lana Turner? Lana Turner? Lana was always well turned out. So when she sat at the soda fountain at Schwab's drugstore, on that magic day the talent scout saw her, Lana was ready for her life to begin. The voodoo club could be your Schwab's. I knew the moment I met you I said she could get those juicy jobs You wanna bet me? First, just let me get you in, JJ
0: would anyone mind if I just <laughs> picked up from where I left off a moment ago, a few seconds ago, because Brian Darcy James sounds incredible on this album, and I Could Get You in JJ is only a sample of what he has in store for us. I love this interpretation of Sydney. Every word uttered by this subterranean mole of a man drips with a slimy combination of drool and sweat. He's a foaming bloodhead. With a broken nose, totally incapable of latching onto a lead or maintaining a decent poker face. And watching him work a room to disastrous effect is so grimly satisfying, Sydney is doomed. The rope is around his neck from the moment the curtain rises. And I want to be there when he meets his maker. I want to see him smile when he believes everything's gonna be all right. And I wanna be there when he's buried. Don't dress too warm for the funeral, Sydney. I cannot hear the city.
4: I know it must be there. The raging town is waiting down. Stare will make it vanish in the thick. not hear the city I know it must be there the raging town is waiting down the stairs
0: Jack Noseworthy is wonderful. Ah, manja manja in the role of Dallas, a crisp and comforting tenor worthy of Mandy Patinkin. If I had to run away from my sexually malformed brother and into the arms of an ingenue, that ingenue had better be Jack Noseworthy as Dallas Cochran. The jazz interlude within I Cannot Hear the City, that's a blue ribbon winner as well. Hamlish and orchestrator William David Brown are making well sweet music together is is what they're doing. You know what can I say? Sometimes the metaphors land right on the tip of your nose. I'm talking about my nose again. <laughs> Tenors of the world, add I Cannot Hear the City to your rep books immediately. If you can do it justice, that gorgeous ditty will take you places. You can bet on it. The street is talking Sydney. Each night
2: I do my rounds. I listen to it talk. The bouncers, the whores, the doormen at their doors, the songbirds who scat, the chick who checks your hat, The whisperers are whispering, they hiss and they coo. The street is talking Sydney, Sydney. tonight is talking to you. You, you. Welcome to the night, you've been expected and you're such a pretty sight. We
3: heard a rumor you were sniffing at the bait, flirting with your fate.
1: just started. Welcome to the dark. The advantage is of swimming with the shark. You're
2: looking eager in that $30 suit. Tossing off a cute remark. Tell me, Sydney, where you been? Where you been? You've been nowhere at all. Nowhere at all. Always outside looking in. So come on in. The divide. The divide. Come on Come
0: on John Lithgow represents himself fairly well in his first major number, Welcome to the Night. We're not straying beyond a limited vocal range here, and the results are predictably, subsequently modest. But don't worry, Lithgow will bust out of that cage soon enough. The company does most of the work here, really, throwing JJ's profile into stark relief through sheer force of bombast while the score continues to impress. It's dense and rewarding, and when are we getting a cast album for The Nutty Professor? No one thought it would be a good idea to preserve the score for Marvin Hamlish's last musical? You're all fired.
3: It's time to step up and drink and not even think. You don't have to think to be smart. Sometimes the perfect timing feels like a work of art. Cause it can Offers, you take the part Garbo, Brando, Harlow, Monroe, keep the O Garbo, Brando, Harlow, Monroe, keep the O Somebody buys a paper at the stand How do you hold my future in your hand Fortunes change, people grow maybe oh. lo It's time to tear through that door It's time now to soar So let my life store
0: stop kidding around. Brian Darcy James's performance on this track alone is worthy of a Tony Award. At the Fountain is a thunderclap of a number made unforgettable by a voice that knocks me flat time and time again. Power and passion and poise served hot in equally healthy portions. That's what you get with Brian Darcy James. For the record, Brian lost the featured actor Tony to Shuler Hensley, who won for his portrayal of Judd in the 2002 revival of Oklahoma. It doesn't feel right to call shenanigans on this outcome, even if my shenanigan glands are absolutely palpitating right now. They're throbbing, Jerry. My shenanigan glands are throbbing.
1: Hi. Give me time and I I can figure a way to be able to yeah. Make it right Come to Philly I can't But you can But Dallas, I gotta work out of you when? Give me time, time. Let me think. think Don't you know that the way i I can figure a way to be able to. Good. While you're gone. If you need me to help. But you can't. Just let me work out what I'm gonna do. Huh? Give me time. Sure. I'll be yours. Yes. There's no way in this world.
0: O'Hara always majestic, playing to win, leaving a mark on anyone lucky enough to witness her perform. Kelly O'Hara has a voice that could jumpstart spring. She soars over each and every one of us. Look up! You can't miss her! We hear quite a lot of Kelly throughout Sweet Smell of Success... You would have heard her at the top of this episode, I dare say. But I wanted to make sure we highlighted this first batch of beautifully delivered notes. Don't Know Where You Leave Off is a hell of a duet. So, so good. Are any of our listeners looking to perform a duet? Might I say you should do this duet? Let's duet. What's that from? (laughs) I I can't remember.
2: See you later, Sydney. Good night,
0: JJ. No, no,
2: don't go. Keep me company dance with me. Ever so sweetly the orchestra plays for Susan. Everyone present has nothing but praise for Susan. Make your wish of me. I will grant you three while I ask only one. Just let me do as I always have done for Susan. Hello, young lady.
1: Hello, Mr. Hunsaker.
2: What wish can I grant?
1: Oh, Mr. Hunsecker, to be in your column. You
2: will be. You will be. making wishes come true. JJ! What is it? I'm not a little girl anymore. Everybody wants me, except you. Good night, JJ. Good luck on your audition. There's someone, I know it. I see it in her eyes, there's someone. Someone has changed her, someone all wrong for Susan. There's someone, some schoolboy, some pup with a degree, some actor, some budding Brando mumbling his lines for Susan. Go to your audition, live your little life make a little misstep and wind up the wife of some nothing of a no one, some actor in a play going nowhere, no one, no one, nowhere. Keep your little secrets, close your little door, have your little boyfriend, some clown in the chorus, some chauffeur of a limo, some gopher at the paper. There's someone. I smell it. But Sydney, he'd tell me, Sydney would tell me if someone was angling for Susan. For Susan. Madge, warm up the typewriter. I got a fistful of items.
0: If you didn't hear it in the audio we selected, you should know there's a moment in For Susan when J.J. brags about Lassie sending paw prints to his sister. See those adorable paw prints, Sydney? Oh, those belong to Lassie. Everyone loved my sister, Sydney. Even Lassie. J.J. is out of his fucking mind. It's amazing. And hell yeah, Lithgow is really cooking with gas now. What a disturbing transition from starry-eyed sentimentalist to hot-blooded psychopath. And the music is so, it's so damn good. It has this paper castle quality when JJ is riding high. Toyetic and thin, rosy yet hollow. JJ has engineered a world that will crumble the instant he decides playtime is over. The fragility of J.J.'s world is a feature, not a bug. In case anyone was wondering, For Susan is the number they should have presented at the Tony Awards. That or at the fountain, maybe? I can't choose between the two. Don't make me, please. I've got a wife and six kids at home.
1: Some glasses for our pink champagne. the night to pop it. Reach the top and try to top it. Sing tonight's the night. Tonight's
0: Shine. The song may be called Rita's Tune, but this tune ain't for Rita. No. My shenanigan glands are fit to burst. They demand satisfaction, and so they have to be milked, too. Gross. And so I must call shenanigans on Rita's Tune. Rita is a wilting sweetheart in the 1957 film, a woman who has been bruised a dozen times over. Hardly the sort of character you imagine belting, like Ethel Merman. And I know that changes are made from the source material. The adaptation process, uh, change is inevitable, but I don't know. Did someone express a concern that Rita was too similar in terms of character uh, to Susan? Were they worried about that? Uh, Susan, who is herself a wilting, bruised sweetheart? If so, this number is not the solution to that non-problem. I imagine most audiences would receive this song with little more than cool, polite applause. Why not write a number in the mold of somewhere that's green, a soliloquy that gently defines Rita's wish for a life Sydney cannot possibly provide? Rita is a tragic figure. There's no getting around that. She is as doomed from the start as dear old Sydney. So, why not lean into that? This just sounds like we're going loud for the sake of it, as if there's some dire need to wake everyone up halfway through act 2. Trust me when I say these concerns are baseless. Now let's get gloomy. I want to close out our deconstruction of the score with the reprise of I cannot hear the city. If only I have nothing to say about it. I, uh, this is we're only doing this for the simple pleasure of hearing more. From Kelly O'Hara, more I say more, and so that is what we're going to do. Let's play the reprise of I Cannot Hear the City.
4: I am not letting you go, Susan.
1: You say these words, you make it sound so clear. then there comes another wave of fear. My brother's voice
0: Wonderful job, Kelly! Oh, we love you here on The Musical Man, Kelly O'Hara. It is now time to hear from our sponsor, our fine, fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. Masturbate Lipschitz. Pup. Six. Squish. Ah! Uh. Masturbate Lipschitz. And now the six merry murderesses of the Cook County Jail in their rendition of The Cell Block Tango. Young from Salt Lake City about two years ago, and he told me he was single, and we hit it off right away. So we started living together. He'd go to work, he'd come home, I'd fix him a cup of coffee, we'd have dinner, and then I found out... Single, he told me. Single my ass! Not only was he married, oh no, he had six wives. One of those Mormons, you know? So that night, when he came home from work, I fixed him his coffee as usual. You know, Rhoda, some guys just can't hold their
3: arsenic. This is my life!
0: Final thoughts regarding Sweet Smell of Success. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about our latest subject after watching that fairly ho-hum performance from the Tony Awards, but make no mistake, we have been sleeping on this show, and it deserves to be revived. They've never done it for the Encores at, at the City Center concert series, so I'm just saying maybe we could do Sweet Smell of Success in the next year or two. Huh? Maybe Brian Darcy James. James can come back and play the JJ role? Huh? Hello? I don't know who's going to play the Sydney part. Jordan Fisher comes to mind. Does he have the vocal range? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so in 2002, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was Thoroughly Modern Millie, and the additional nominees from that season were Mamma Mia, Ah, Mamma Mia, and You're in Town. Ah, Mamma Mia, You're in Town. You're in Town reigns above all of these shows, I do believe it deserved to go home with the Tony Award for Best Musical, and that's, that's what I have to say about that. We only have one more show in this set of nominees. We've talked about everything except Mamma Mia. So Shrek, I just, I need you to be on deck. My green friend, be on deck because eventually we will talk about Mamma Mia and you're going to have to step in. You're going to have to be ready and willing to go, Shrek. All right, let's rank Sweet Smell of Success against all of the other shows we've talked about here on the podcast. As always, if you want to take a look at this ranking, go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod. Access our link tree from there. That's the pinned post. Ah, from there, you will go to our spreadsheet and the second tab of that spreadsheet is our ranking it's a little bit of a circuitous Not that Byzantine, not that bad, but, you know, go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod, access our link tree, access our spreadsheet, go to the second tab. That's where the ranking is. The explanation, so nice, I had to give it twice. Sweet Smell of Success, where are you going to go? You're going to go at, uh, right here, at number 51, between six, which is at number 50, and the drowsy chaperone at number 52, huh? You might be wondering, does he have any show-related ephemera in, in regards to Sweet Smell of Success? I do. I have not one, but two musical commercials for Campbell's Select Soups, both of which feature John Lithgow. He's singing, he's dancing, he's hawking soup, people. Let's listen to both of these Campbell's Select Soup ads. At last, a soup
2: as irresistible as me. Why settle when you can select? Why not go, go, go for gourmet? Hey, don't be a schlepper. This roasted red pepper tomato is restaurant-style soup all the way. See, it comes in this nifty gold box. It's velvety rich, and it's new, and it rocks! Camels Select Bold label roasted red pepper and tomato. Why settle when you can select? <laughs> Why settle when you can select and bring a restaurant quality home? New Campbell's Select Gold Label, creamy portobello, mushroom on my table. Irresistible. Why, thank you. I was talking about the soup. When I pour from this new golden box, box. I can eat like a king in my PJs and socks. New Campbell's Select Gold Label. Why
0: settle when you can select? What a strange point in time. (laughs) I believe this was around 2005, 2006. I would have been in college. Uh, I don't think we live in an era where... (laughs) John Lithgow could sell a soup Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, maybe he can come back Revive this whole ad campaign That would be fun To determine which show we discuss next We'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel Otherwise known as The random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show The king doesn't live here anymore Because he is dead Everyone ready? And away we go (laughs) All right. I have stepped off of the musical carousel and I am surveying the landscape. I believe I am now in the year 1969. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, oh, yes, I'm identifying the show now. This show ran for 305 performances on Broadway. Again, 1969 nominee. Do you happen to know what it is? Do you have an educated guess? Well, I'll tell you right now. This episode is going to drop September 13th, so mark your calendars now. We'll be talking about Zorba. Z-O. O R B A Zorba 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 Z O R B A Zorba Zorba Zorba, zorba. That's the that's the subject of our next main feed episode. Again, September thirteenth. Mark your calendars. Go to patreoncom musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, one hundred percent of every monthly payout is donated to the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. You can donate one, three, five, or ten dollars a month. One dollar a month will get you Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. Everyone else will have to wait until Wednesday. You will get them first thing Monday morning, baby. You'll also get a verbal shout-out each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Caroline, Helena, Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marques, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and And Marisol, you also get as a $1 a month patron, you also get 19 bonus episodes, which cover the following subjects. The 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Alive. We have a full review of the film Cats. Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration. Hamilton via Disney+, Plus Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Arlo the Alligator Boy. We do a review of the trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. What else do we talk about? We talk about Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway's back, Diana, the musical, Annie Live, The Notebook at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, and Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration. But that's not all. No. No. As a $1 a month patron, you also get season 1, that's 12 episodes of Radio Boy, a series for which I check in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself, and you get all 16 episodes in the now complete M3 The Movie Musical Man series. Uh, What do we do for that? Well, we watch trilogies, trios of movie musicals that are tied together by common themes. It's a wonderful series. $3 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus a musical shout out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. Who do you want to hear from? We'll make it happen. You also get all 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, a high school musical podcast, and a special one-off all about Julie and the Phantoms. We have a show that is currently running at the $3 a month tier. It is known as TV VIP. It is dedicated to musical TV shows. We've talked about Schmigadoon, Central Park, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Up Here, Cop Rock, Little Voice, Rags to Riches, and Gallivant. I, I would like to make an announcement. We're actually going to make the Schmigadoon episode available via the main feed on September 6th, a free sample of this currently ongoing uh, special Patreon series. (laughs) I'm having some trouble here. And then the next episode of TV VIP, which is going to drop August 30th, that is actually going to be about two Yes, not one, but two musical TV shows. Hull High and Shangri-La Plaza. You've probably never heard of them because they're very obscure, but I am so excited to dig into them. Hull High and Shangri-La Plaza, a doubleheader coming to you August 30th. Let's talk about the $5 a month tier. You get everything I've already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show, what musical I discuss on the podcast. So long as that show is one we have not already covered, Covered, and you have to make sure that it was nominated for Best Musical. You also get seasons one and two that's 24 episodes of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by The Phantom of the Opera, 14 episodes in our Broadway in Chicago review series, and volumes one through five of Shout About It. These are collections of five, six, seven, eight coffee ads. And musical shout outs from the first one hundred and twenty five episodes of the show. I've gotta to get to work on volume six. Oh, this is episode one fifty one. We gotta catch up. Oh no! a month. What does that get you? Everything I've already described. Plus, exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. Season 1, that's 12 episodes of The Snub Club, a series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were snubbed. They were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. And 12 episodes in our Turn It Off series, a show dedicated to Off broadway musicals if you're listening to the show via apple podcasts or pod chaser please take a moment to write a five-star review if you please you can stream the show via spotify audible or podbean musicalmanpod.podbean.com and hey why not send me an email at musicalmanpod at gmail.com what do you think of the show what do you think do you agree with me do you disagree with me let me know tell me Thanks as always to Patty and Benny all the way out there in Chicago in the stage left studio. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and thank you to Zach Little for our fabulous intro and outro music. <laughs> you know what that sound means? Yes. Just when the fun is starting, comes the time for parting. Oh well, we'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, Auf Wiedersehen, and good night. Young from Salt Lake City about two years
1: ago.